Hey, everybody, we welcome you back to another episode of Gonzaga Nation. Christian Pedersen, as established, though, as show candy, you don't care about that. You're here for Dan Dickow. I'm just here. I am largely here. I don't want to say I'm the Jokic of getting Dan buckets because I'm not the MVP at assists, but I'm pretty good at just dishing them off to Dan so that he can answer all these questions. We got another mailbag to check out now. Make sure also you check out this week's WCC with Shantae Legans. That's going to be a great interview or was a great interview, depending on how you consume all of this nonlinear content that we are throwing at you all summer long. Dan, we got a bunch of questions submitted. And as a reminder to you guys, the viewers or listeners, depending on how you get this podcast, you can send us these questions on social. You can find Dan on social all across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are there to answer your questions and keep your little basketball minds occupied. Dan, we got a bunch, but let's start with Zoom Diallo. What's going on there? Are we still getting them? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think there's still a great chance to get him. Um, you know, uh, he's a Northwest kid, so he knows plenty about Gonzaga. He knows plenty about Washington, which is just up the road. He went to the same high school, Curtis High School in University Place, which is essentially Tacoma, that um, that a University of Washington legend Isaiah Thomas went has been coached by a really good high school coach, Tim Kelly, over the last few years. Um, so he knows everything he needs to know about the Pacific Northwest basketball scene, I would imagine. Uh, I know the head coach, Tim Kelly, uh, a, a fair bit. I actually was over um, in Curtis this weekend watching my son's high school team play that that won their Curtis tournament. Talked to Coach Kelly for a little bit. Uh, Zoom was actually there. He was watching his former teammates, Curtis, play in other games. I did not get a chance to go up and talk to him. I, I just... It, it was not the right time and place uh, as a former Gonzaga player. Like, hey, what's your decision? You know, especially uh, with everything going on. But, you know, our, our colleague on the SB Live sports side and SB Live Washington, Todd Millis, has a really good article uh, about Zoom and his decision-making process uh, about why he left Curtis and is going to uh, prolific prep down in California. Uh, there's a lot of you know, positives to it, but there's also some, some negatives. I think, you know, if you look at it, you know, if he stays in the Northwest, he's constantly going to see Gonzaga. He's constantly going to see University of Washington. I, I would imagine. So I think it would have come down to those two schools uh, and probably Arizona as well. You know, now the fact that he's at a national type of prep school, uh, I think it really gives a, a little bit of credibility to the thought that Kentucky which I guess is his dream school uh, and Kansas are, are really in play. Um, so, you know, I still think Gonzaga is the right choice for him. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I think with his skill set, he would be really good for Gonzaga. Um, you know, the fact that he he's heading off to prolific prep uh, maybe adds a little bit of a wrinkle to it, but at the same time, that is normal now for high level, level high school players like it or don't this or don't like it i personally don't like the prep school rep and route and what it's become over the last few years but but that's my that's my thought process you know it's right for some people right for some families and kids that's fine um but you know he decided to go that route for the for the decisions uh you know that that he feels is best um but at the end of the day i think gonzaga is is a great opportunity a great choice for him and I think it's just going to take a little bit while longer. You know, some some kids want to be involved in the recruiting process throughout. Um, they want it to, to, I don't want to say drag on, 
but they're okay with it going longer where other kids and other families just want to be done with it. For some of the kids, half the fun is getting there. They've wanted their yeah. whole life to be top recruit, so they enjoy it. I know, Dan, that we are supposed to be coworkers, but I got to come at you a little bit. I know volume shooter was not a, a term that you enjoyed. Like You don't like that as a player. You weren't that as a player. You picked your shots. You nailed them. But when it comes to podcast content, man, if you've got Zoom in the room, you got to start throwing some shots up. Come on, Dan. Got to give us something. Let's talk about another one. You work nationally and locally, so you interact with both Gonzaga homers and people that probably have an incredible amount of East Coast bias. What do you think is one of the – or, I mean, a lot of people want to know, what do you think – is one of the most common misconceptions about Gonzaga nationally from the college basketball pundits, audience, any of those types of people? Wow, that's that's a loaded one. That's a difficult one. I think there's a couple. I, I think, well, one, I think if you look at the WCC as a whole, I think it is a better conference than most people on the East Coast give the league credit for. Um, it prepares Gonzaga more for the NCAA tournament than probably people think. So that's one thing. You know, the, the second is the fact that they don't think uh, Gonzaga is good enough to win a national title. And, and that's absolutely untrue. Uh, they are they are they've done everything they can over the last 15 years other than winning the national title. I mean, I, I've said it many times on, on this podcast and other shows. You trade you would trade your resume for Gonzaga's. If you're any other school in the country, if you have not won a national title. Um, so I think, you know, it kind of lends credence to what Gonzaga has done, uh, getting themselves ready to, to be on the doorstep and opportunity to win a national title. Developing pros as well is something that fans and players always look at. You know, the only schools I can think of quickly off the top of my head, UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, are probably the only to Kansas are probably the only teams that have more players in the pros right now than Gonzaga. So Dan, you talk about that being good for the WCC. You talk about the WCC in general. Can we get a conference news update? Nothing obviously actually happened. Gonzaga didn't leave, but they also <laughs> didn't post the, I'm not bleeping leaving GIF on their social media. So people still want to know what's the latest. There isn't a lot, you know, there there's rumblings and rumors about talks with the big 12, you know, you, you see them literally every three, four days, there's a new headline, you know, the big 12 just did have their conference meetings uh, last week and every conference, whether it's the PAC 12, the big 12, the ACC, the big East, the, the big 10, whatever, the WCC mountain West, when you get together in these conference meetings, you're talking about all possibilities. So, Maybe Gonzaga was a small conversation piece over the week week of meetings. Maybe they were a large conversation piece. We don't know yet. Um, but, you know, every commissioner of every major league has to do their due diligence and, and talk about, hey, what if we added this team? What if we added this school? What if we uh, added these two schools? And Gonzaga, with their national recognition and brand on the college side, if you as a athletic commissioner of a league aren't bringing up Gonzaga's name, you're probably not doing your job at this point in time. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Gonzaga's name keeps coming up until they announce a decision 
and or until they say, nope, we are completely staying in the WCC. Uh, don't ask us again and, until we, we make the announcement. It almost kind of seems to be following the same roadmap a little bit that USC and UCLA did, where they just more or less announced it. And then everyone was like, wait, 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 how did we reach this point? And had to go back and, and read the stories of how we got there. So yeah, it feels like some sort of, like, like something's going to happen and it's going to all of a sudden be done, or we're just going to keep not hearing about it. And then it's never going to actually materialize and they stay in the WCC. Let's switch from the hypothetical to the real well, on that on that last point, for for the listeners out there, um, Stu Jackson, the WCC commissioner, uh, will be joining uh, the podcast in the near future. We're working on. Volume shooter, uh, Dan. Let's go. <laughs> it up. That's a shameless plug. I like it. Yes. Yeah, I mean we're we're working on a time with the league office to to find out when it fits. I know the WCC just had their their coaches meetings a, a week or so back. Um, but you know, Stu Jackson's going to do everything he can to keep moving the ball forward to the WCC. He's got an amazing amount of experience at the NBA level, some at the college level. Um, and so, you know, we are trying to find a time, um, to we record. We are going interview. to find a time. We are We're going, going to, to it's just one of those things where people don't, Hey, to line up all the schedules is difficult. Well, and it's also, as I explained earlier, non-linear medium. So the sometimes not having a, we have to do it between three and five on the drive time yeah. can actually hurt us because of um, yeah, everyone needs to be flexible for everyone else's schedule. Keep it tuned. We promise that you will not be able to miss that podcast if you subscribe to Gonzaga Nation, wherever you get your podcasts. Dan, what we were going to ask is, in the real world, next year, who, who do you think right now, looking at it, is Gonzaga's toughest opponent? Well, I mean, they're going to be in the Maui Invitational. That's always a loaded field. Um, you know, they've got to go back and play Kentucky. Uh, they're playing UConn um, in Seattle. Um, so those are a couple games that jump out at you right away. Uh, without knowing the uh, – you, you know the bracket, or you know the field, sorry, for the Maui. You don't know the bracket yet and who plays who. So that's hard to d decipher. But um, I would honestly say at this point in time – Probably. So the Maui Invitational, let's read this off for everybody. Right okay. Now. It'd be Gonzaga, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee, UCLA, and Chaminade. Oh my gosh. So I knew that I knew the Maui was good. I mean, <laughs> that is as low to loaded a field as you're ever going to find. I mean, Chaminade is obviously the host school, a division two school. They have knocked off a Division One in that tournament at some point, but just go down the field. Tennessee, unbelievable program under Rick Barnes. UCLA, obviously, we know what they are. Uh, Purdue, Purdue last year went into the PK eighty five unranked, left the PK eighty five, I think, ranked in the top ten, maybe top five, if I remember right. Zach Eady just announced he's coming back. Kansas is Kansas. I mean, they're literally, you know, you just chalk one up. They're pretty dang good. Um, Marquette under Shaka Smart. Uh, Tyler Kolick, I believe their point card is back. Um, and if he is back, like I think he is, I mean, they might have, they're going to be a top five offense as it is. And then what are the couple the last team or two that you mentioned? Syracuse. Syracuse. Well, that one will be interesting because we don't know, uh, you know, Autry taking over for, for Jim Bayheim. what's going to happen. I know you're a Syracuse grad. No, sorry. <laughs> Dan, I'm not a Syracuse grad. I, I have both covered 
Um, if, for those of you that have not listened to Sack and Jack, the punching line here is that I am a UCLA and Syracuse graduate. So I am the most delusional inside the system, <laughs> red pilled dude you've ever met because I believe the John Wooden pyramid and that Carmelo Anthony is still relevant uh, to the way that college basketball is played. So yeah, it's nice to hear that no matter what, you and I, Dan, will continue our employment tradition of starting off the season with going, oh, God, Gonzaga has put UCLA in a blender. <laughs> this is all. Um, so, yeah. No, yeah I mean, right there, I mean, any any of those three po- possible games in Maui is, is the game of the year of the preseason for Gonzaga. But then the tough. Kentucky one is going to be that, – that's going to be a great game. I mean, John Calipari is a- absolutely reloaded in Lexington. Uh, UConn, obviously – um, you know, returning or the the national champions from a season ago, that's going to be a great game in Seattle. All right, Dan, final question for you here. People want to know now that roster changes are largely done and the portal and transfers and all of the magic has wound up with uh, the roster taking somewhat of a final shape. Is this a better team than last year? Man, that that question gets thrown out every year. Uh, once you kind of have a an idea of what the roster big. is, you know the 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 hard part is you got to replace an all time great in Drew Timmy. Not just his overall production, but just what he did, the attention that other teams had to give to focus on him. Um, you know, uh, just the. Just the the presence that he had, you've got to replace that enthusiasm, that You're personality. All time great, I, I think, because every good. Some teams have great personalities and enthusiasm; others don't. He was the one that kind of sparked that. And this isn't a negative to any other guys on the team a season ago, but you know their personalities were pretty flat at times. Where Drews was the outgoing one, uh, you know, showing you know excitement, showing personality, showing flair, showing. Um, a passion and now each athlete has their own way of, of preparing and, and expressing emotion and that's fine and but you know a, a really good teams have a mixture of all types of personalities you know I think Drew had to, to take on the role of a lot of that outgoing personality uh, in, in particular last year and, and that can be difficult you know talent wise you lose him you lose Julian Strother Hunter Salas was I thought set to have a really nice breakout year, but he's gone. But in his place, you get one of the best point guards in the country, Ryan Nemhart, to pair with Nolan Hickman in the back backcourt. Um, so I, I mean, I know I'm dancing around the question, and I will dance around that question probably for about probably until about November 15th when I've had a chance to watch him in a few practices, see a, a preseason game yeah, or two. Dan, that, that's not um, as fun. That's not random conjecture. <laughs> we we need you to make errantly flippant takes uh, in the middle of summer to give us something to salivate over. But I get what you're saying though, is that you don't, the, the old saying goes, you don't want to be the guy who replaces the guy. So you want to maybe think that Gonzaga is going to recreate Timmy in the aggregate and that some sliding around pieces, it's not going to be the same team in terms of the format or the people or anything like that. But yeah, it could very potentially be a better team. If all Put the way. aggregate pieces go up. Put it this way. I think the team last year got hot at the right time of the year and, you know, maximized their opportunities. They ran into a buzzsaw at UConn. Nobody was going to beat UConn in that NCAA tournament. They just weren't. So you have to be extremely grateful for an Elite Eight run last year. 
I think when you look at this year's team, Gonzaga's best teams have always had two primary ball handler facilitators over the course of time. Matt Santangelo with Quentin Hall, myself and Blake Stepp. Um, you, you had uh, other teams, Nigel Williams, gosh, Josh Perkins. Um, you've had teams, Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nemhart. You, you had teams with two ball handlers. Last year's team did not have that. Bolton, Smith, those were not, Salas, those were not primary facilitator, ball handler, decision makers. He put a lot of that emphasis on Nolan Hickman. And I thought he had a nice year with all the responsibility on his shoulders. This year you have Hickman who will become a better point guard and score paired with Ryan Nemhart, a really good player out of Creighton. You have that, that ability to play through either player initiating offense, making plays. So you have that. And then I think Graham E.K., He's a huge unknown, to be honest with you. I called games of his uh, for CBS Sports when he was in in Wyoming two years ago before he missed all of last year with an injury. He is good. He is really good. And I, I think the average fan has not seen him play. They've only seen the stat lines. And they've only seen, uh, you know, the fact that he missed last year with an injury. And they saw the fact that he was at Wyoming, who naturally – Small media market doesn't get a lot of coverage. He is a very good player, and I would not be surprised to see episodes, including Gary Parish. A lot of your pundit friends that we have talked to are very high on Graham EK's potential. So I will take take that that the people who know what they're talking about <laughs> like it. Yeah, if, if he stays healthy, um, which I would imagine he he will be. I mean, uh, you know, he took the whole year off after that injury to make sure he healed properly. He's going to be a heck of a player. And now he's not going to replace Drew Timmy. Nobody's going to replace Drew Timmy, but he's going to soften the blow and he's going to, you know, provide scoring punch and rebounding in different ways than Drew was able to. Um, overall, you know, I'm not, I'm going to continue to dance around that question until I see the team fully practice. I believe there's one, maybe two uh, spots still left in the portal, dependent on, um, you know, what coaching the coaching staff wants to do with with the scholarships giving them to possible red shirts or whatnot it's hard to say or sorry walk-ons it's hard to say but um you know you look down the 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 newcomers stromer's pretty good uh i'm i'm still struggling pronouncing uh the south korean's name i believe it's june uh he's going to be very good i think Tui, the australian kid has a chance to be good with his feel for the game um, so all in all, I think it's another talented roster. You know, the fun part of the off season, and I know I'm rambling here, the fun part of the off season is for fans to get excited. And many times, you know, Hey, we've got seven pros on our team. Hold on a second. If we had seven pros on our team, there wouldn't be the, the all these guys all wouldn't be here at Gonzaga. They would have already moved on to different places. Yeah, you know, the, the only rosters maybe in college basketball over the last however many years that have had seven pros at one time would have been Kansas. Uh, actually, sorry, Kentucky. I mean, they had a year where I think they had four first round draft picks uh, and then a second. And then, you know, I think that was the year Kyle, Kyle Wilcher was coming off the bench before he transferred to Gonzaga. He had a cup of coffee in the NBA before he's become one of the highest paid players overseas. So, um, you know, the talent is high, very high. Um, but I also think you have to give kids and players the ability to uh, kind of move along their own trajectory as a, as a player during the course of their career and not put all these expectations on them.
Fair enough. Dan, we'll keep asking. You keep dancing, and we'll eventually get to that first <laughs> practice so we can get a solid. Ask answer. me next week. Who knows? It might change. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm persistent with that much. I'm vo- I am definitely comfortable being the volume shooter. Uh, put me in a room with Zoom. I'll get some sort of – I'll probably get a no answer, but I'll get an answer of some sort. Uh, you guys want to hear more in the mailbag episodes, hit us up at Fan nation zags on all the social you can find dan on twitter on and on instagram you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts talk to you guys soon